Um, we are getting ready to start right now. Um, hello, hello. Hello, hello. How's everybody doing? Um, can you guys hear me? If you're with us live, can you uh, give me a little feedback? We've got a new, new setup here. I just want to make sure that uh, everybody can uh, hear. Oh, cool. Thank you, Katie. Uh, so Katie says we're good to go. Uh, Daniel, hello, man. Loud and clear. Thank you. Sharon, what's going on? Uh, Paul over on YouTube. Uh, great question. We're going to get to that here in a bit. Um, oh, perfect. Perfect. Thanks, Molly. Thanks, Shelly. Uh, we're going to get Doc in here. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, Mark, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right, let's get Doc in. Dr. Rogers, what's going on, man? Good. Can you hear me? Uh, I, I can hear you fine. Uh, guys, if you can hear Dr. Rogers, uh, give, give him a, a, a go. And, uh, we're going to get to, we're going to get to some of the questions here. Um, as you guys know, this is our live Q and a show. Uh, we answer all your health questions. Uh, we've got some great questions that came in throughout the week. Um, cool, cool. And it looks like Dr. Rogers can be heard. Uh, we're also going to take live questions too. So the first couple minutes here, we're going to go through the questions that were, came in throughout the week. And then, uh, towards the end here, we're going to take your live questions. So get those ready and, uh, we're going to roll. You ready, Dr. Rogers? Yeah. How's that hair look on me, Ben? It, it, my hair look great today. Yours is all slicked back. So I think mine's <laughs> maybe a little messed up. Yeah. Um, your hair looks good, man. You look like you've just gotten a haircut. Thank you. Thank you. I, I have not gotten a haircut recently. I need to, um, I need to get a haircut really soon. Actually. Um, this is, this is all, you know, gel to be to be completely honest guys it's not natural um that's your so, natural hair is that your natural hair man? no no not at all <laughs> um okay so we're gonna we're gonna get to uh the questions here all right first question is if you have covid and you get the monoclonal antibodies does your body still make antibodies to make you immune as it would if you did not receive those uh yeah it, it does still make what you're looking for is T cell immunity, which um, you're going to get if you have COVID. So, you know, the purpose of the monoclonals are just to kind of uh, if you have acute um, COVID, you want to do everything you can. If you have risk again, if you if you're young and just come down with COVID, you don't need them. But if you have risk factors like you're older or you have diabetes or, you know, you're um, obese, heart disease, cancer, then the monoclonals, you just throw them in there to kind of help you fight it initially. So definitely going to, going to produce your own, but this is just to kind of give you a boost so that, um, you won't go on a downward spiral. So, uh, but yeah. Yep. All right. Thank you for that. Thank you for that question. Um, do you think it is wise to get a surveillance COVID test before going to visit older relatives right now due to the craziness of all the asymptomatic cases? Well, it is crazy right now. Um, but, uh, there's always been asymptomatic cases of this. And that's and why I think there's probably been double the amount of COVIDs out there that they're even reporting. Um, so, I mean, you know, in respect to your older relatives, if, that, if that's what they want, then, you know, you could think about doing that. Um, you know, again, 
I think we've almost all been exposed anyway. And if you're not sick, I wouldn't get a test, but only in that circumstance where they make you, if you're going to get into a concert or something, or your, your folks are, are um, worried about it, you know, then you can certainly satisfy everybody's peace of mind if you want to do that. But um, And I will add, because this was the second part of the question, because this is a, a, something that I think all of us kind of deal with. Uh, or do you think without symptoms, this is just opening yourself up to possibly pick up COVID in the testing location itself? Um, I mean, there's always that possibility. Um, why don't you just do your own home test, you know? Yeah. Uh, you can, that's what I would do just to, you know, satisfy everybody. It's not going to be a PCR test, but you know, you're going to have to wait on those anyway. So if you're worried about it, get your own home test and just kind of go to CVS and get it and, you know, satisfy everybody. And, you know, you want everybody to feel comfortable. People have varying degrees of, of comfort with this thing. And, you know, you, you can't isolate yourself forever, but certainly if you have, relatives that are really elderly at risk and they're going to be very uncomfortable with you coming then you know uh do a test yourself and you know keep your distance um you know wear a mask or have them you know wear a mask if if you want you know just kind of use your common sense about it um it is crazy that's a crazy world um, let's get to the next question here. Was curious if Dr. Rogers sees any difference in certain blood types in COVID. Would one blood type be less likely to experience severe symptoms or even less likely to get COVID? Well, what I'm reading is that if you have type O blood, um, you're less likely to get severely ill with it. I don't think it, it, it matters what type of blood you have as far as if you catch COVID or not. Um, but certainly the, there have been reports that the severity of the illness may be worse, but, um, so I think there are some genetic things in there that protect about 15, maybe 20% of the population from getting COVID, um, you know, with these new mutants out, who knows, but, um, uh, but that's a great question. There's, they've isolated a couple other genes that they think may be kind of protective uh, against COVID with you, but do what you can, which means take your vitamins. um, Always use good hygiene, which you should do anyway. Um, Take definitely your C, uh, zinc and D, and probably even quercetin and NAC, um, and just be smart about it. Great question. It is a great question, and one I'm sure a lot of people are thinking of. Uh, This is a two-part question here. Um, American and German studies show heartburn drug Pepsid with aspirin prevents COVID-19 disease severity and mortality. Um, Second part is, are you familiar with this, and can you explain how the two drugs work to prevent COVID severity? Yeah, I'm very familiar with it. It's on my recommended uh, dose that you take. I I think, uh, of course, with anybody who's trying to, when you get COVID, definitely if you get on, get off of a meprazole or PPIs and get on Pepsid, it all has to do with the acidity of your stomach. Um, you need some acid in there, which they think may kill some virus. If you take all the acid out of it, like you do with Nexium, Prilosec, uh, Protonix, then 
you know, the, the virus may be propagated in your intestines. So, and for some reason, pepsin uh, just has that right amount of uh, acid alkaline balance so that, um, you know, I think it's probably protective and certainly an aspirin. Uh, I recommend that for many, many people. I know, you know, uh, that COVID can cause clotting disorders and, you know, and that spike protein can uh, cause your blood to clump a little bit. So I'm offered if you, unless you have an also reason not to take an aspirin, you should be taking an aspirin anyway, especially if you reach a certain age. I know I've been taking an 81 milligram aspirin since I was 40 years old. And there's a lot of just good things that it does, uh, prevents heart disease. You know, COVID can cause heart disease. I saw one today. Um, I think COVID probably caused her to have a heart attack about a month after she had COVID. There's no other reason for it. Um, and when her she got her cardiac catheter, she didn't have any blockage at all. But uh, just coincidence or a month later, you know, who knows? But uh, certainly those are two. And also something like a Zyrtec. So if you take an H1 and an H2 blocker, um, it's probably somewhat protective against COVID. And certainly it's on our protocol for uh, early COVID treatment for sure. Um, and for those who want to dive a little bit deeper into the 81 milligram aspirin, we've we've done a few doctor's notes on that. If you just search on our website or search our YouTube channel, uh, you'll see you'll see some uh, some content there on aspirin. Uh, you you've talked quite a bit about that 81 milligram aspirin. Yeah, yeah. Um, big believer, big believer in it. All right, you've said that you don't take supplements on Sunday; that it's good to take a day off. Does that also go for things like NDT and other hormones like progesterone, testosterone cream, et cetera? Yeah, yeah I think it does. You know, it's not going to hurt you to do it, but I think if you give it a one day a week break, then you won't become so tolerant, you know, or intolerant to the drug. So I think it works better if you do it six days a week. Um, Certainly when we prescribe hormone creams, that's what the pharmacist will recommend that you do. Plus, I mean, Admit it, you're probably going to, you know, miss a dose once a week anyway. So, um, I, I think it's, I think it's great. Do you do you have yours uh, your day off on the same day? Is it every every Sunday? Yeah, try to, but a lot of times I'll forget, and I try to be consistent with it. But um, yeah, it's usually on the weekend when I miss it, you know, a day or so. Um, all right, guys, we're getting down. We've got two more questions here. I'll just remind everybody, put your, if you have a question for Dr. Rogers, uh, go ahead and put that in the comments. We're getting ready to jump in there and uh, interact with you guys uh, there. Um, this next question is, what does Dr. Rogers think about mushroom blends for boosting your immune system? I love them. I think it's, you know, I take Lion's Mane. Uh, that's one for cognition and um you know, gosh, I think mushrooms are, are great. Medicinal mushrooms are great. Just don't get the ones that have the psychoactive ingredients in it unless you're experimenting with psychedelics or something. But uh, mushrooms are great for immune system. Um, there's there's some blends that you can get from some of the vitamin stores that, that are really very, very great for your immune system. So I'm all for it. And can you say the the one that you like? Because there there are lots of different uh, medicinal mushrooms. Oh, I'm just saying the one I take myself is lion's mane because 
Um, that's I'm getting older. I'm 66 years old, so that's great for cognition. But uh, if there's chaga, and there, I, you know, I'm blanking out on some of the different types right now. But um, yeah, I'm I'm all for them. You remember um, there was a, a a YouTube video that that our our good friend Bruce. Um, uh, showed us with Joe Rogan and the medicinal mushrooms. That was yeah, the guy had the mushroom. The guy had the mushroom hat on. Yeah, he was the mushroom man. Yeah, he. That was a great discussion. It was on, phenomenal. Uh, they went super. They went super deep. Yeah, they did. It was like two hours long. <laughs> uh, thank you to thank you Bruce for for that video. There, uh, we're big fans of the of the mushrooms. Um, okay. Do you think that the lungs of people who work out vigorously multiple days a week are stronger and therefore more able to overcome COVID if they were to get it? Sure. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that if your lungs are great, you're going to be uh, able to get through most anything better. Um, that's why most of the people that are end up in a hospital with COVID are morbidly obese, 80% of them. Um, and they don't, they've, they have restrictive lung disease. They can't expand their airways. There's too much pressure on their lungs. Plus, they're out of shape. Usually, they don't exercise much. Um, but no doubt about that. Great point. Great point. All right. That does it for the for the questions. If I, if I missed your question inside of uh, our email, I apologize. Just shoot me a quick email tonight. I'll get to that. Uh, we'll make sure that goes up first uh, first next week. Uh, again, if you want to uh, get your question in throughout the week, just email me, uh, ben at performancemedicine.net uh, or info at performancemedicine.net and just put in the subject line, uh, question for Dr. Rogers, Q&A question, anything to kind of uh, stand out uh, that this is uh, a live Q&A segment question. Okay, let's see what we got here uh, in the comments. Go ahead. If you have a question for Doc, uh, put them in there. Okay. Uh, Paul asks on YouTube, thank you for, for being over on YouTube, Paul. Uh, for a couple who are trying to get pregnant or are pregnant, should they take ivermectin prophylactically? Also, any comments regarding FLCCC protocol update on September 1st, 2021? Um, you know, if I was a woman and I was trying to get pregnant, I would not take uh, ivermectin prophylactically. Um, if, I was a, if I was a guy, I would probably do it you know but for women i, I probably wouldn't because in case you're pregnant it's not indicated in pregnancy but um but anyway the frontline doctors um their update you know on september 1st i need to look and see if there's any updates I, I try to keep up with it but um you know there's certainly we are using a little higher doses of ivermectin than we used to use um prophylactically but um uh I have to look at that. I don't, I don't know of anything that we're not doing that's that they're doing. So I'll update you on that and make sure. But um, I know we're throwing a lot of things at people. And I'm gonna. I see Paul has a, another one here. And, and one thing. And one thing. One thing I'll tell you that I try to emphasize when you're taking ivermectin, separate the dose from your quercetin. Just don't take those two together. That may be what you mean. I don't know. Just try to take them at least eight to twelve hours apart. It wouldn't hurt you necessarily just they won't work as good there may be a little interaction there to negate one of them so if you're taking quercetin and, and ivermectin take them at different times during the day um, 
and and Paul had a, another one here. I'll just follow up with him. What about blood thinners? I'm assuming that's from the um, the aspirin aspirin Pepsi question. Uh, do you have any uh, comments on the on the blood thinner part? If if that were to help in any way, um, you know. One thing, if you're on blood thinners, you got to be careful about taking NAC in acetylcysteine with it. If you're on any of the heavy hitters with aspirin, it shouldn't matter. But, uh, you know, I recommend that you take blood thinners. Um, of course, you know, some people get COVID and it drops their platelets out. You got to be careful with that, but you want to prevent blood clotting. So, um, but if there's a new recommendation from the frontline docs, I'll, I'll, look, I'll make sure I find out about it. But, um, you know, other blood thinners like Eliquist, Coumadin, you got to be really careful with drug interactions with some of those. Um, and certainly if you're on Coumadin, you got to keep an eye on your proton at all times. Any change or any new supplement, you got to really keep an eye on, on that. Some of the other ones aren't as bad, but Coumadin is a notoriously fickle uh, blood thinner. It's rat poisoning, basically, so you got to be careful with some interactions with that. And, uh, and we, we put out a, a whole bunch of content today on, on NAC and acetylcysteine. Uh, we've gotten questions throughout the week on, uh, on NAC and what it is, how to find it, that sort of thing. So I'd encourage everybody to uh, watch that video, or if you're a reader, go to performancemedicine.net. We wrote an article on it. Uh, should answer a lot of your questions um, about NAC as well as some of the, the interactions if you're concerned about that. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's get to, let's do this one right here. Uh, Dana asked, my uh, DTR is 11. Is it recommended, oh, daughter. Okay, my daughter is 11. Is it recommended she take aspirin da daily? No. Yeah. No, don't take it. No, you don't need that. I wouldn't do that unless I was an adult. Okay. You're, you're, you're saying aspirin over 40. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't, certainly don't like little kids on aspirins. They don't need it for one thing. It may, it may not be good. Um, Anthony asks, have you all, have you all found any providers that will treat COVID? We were previously treated from you all for preventative. Um, I, I know that there are a few doctors, uh, in the tri cities area. Uh, is it black bag? Uh, well, that's one. You, you may be from out of state. You know, you're probably from out of state. And the problem is that um, we got notice from the North Carolina, um, one of the pharmacies there that, um, you know, we, uh, that they, their health board has is, is said you shouldn't use it. Um, so, you know, we, we can't use it out of state now. Um, and, and actually, we're kind of overwhelmed. We're trying to take care of everybody we can. But, I mean, you know, we'll have 100 charts sitting there in the morning, uh, people that want prophylactic treatment with ivermectin. So we're trying to, if we can't get to you, we're trying to um, uh, refer you to people that will also do the same thing we'll do. And there's a few out there that will do it. Um, with everybody coming down on ivermectin right now, like the FDA, the CDC, um, you know, that, so local pharmacies won't, won't feel it. Like if you're going to go to a CVS or Walgreens, they're, they're just not going to feel it. So we're getting it from a compounding pharmacy. There's, there's a few that we get it from that are able to compound it at a reasonable price. You know, it's, it's just ironic that, 
Um, here's a drug that we've used for, you know, decades and decades. And now they're coming out and saying it's just for horses. And you know, their FDA has a picture of a horse that's saying this is for horses, deworming horses, not humans. But it's actually a drug we've used for humans for decades, even in kids for lice or scabies. So, you know, if you're stupid enough to go get your uh, ivermectin from tractor supply and use it, use a dose in a cream uh, that you would use on a horse, you know, that's just your own fault. That's why the CDC saying that there's all kinds of poison control centers, calls and all this, but, you know, that's not from the doses that certainly we use um, through a legitimate uh, compounding pharmacy for human use. Um, you know, uh, so it's just, it's just nuts. It's, it's just ironic that, um, anything that they're, they're scared of it really because it's working and there's many, many studies that have shown that it, it is effective. It's not perfect, but, um, you know, it's definitely, um, something I've, I've certainly been taking for almost a year now, weekly, really twice a week right now during the Delta surge. Um, so, you know, it's not perfect, but it's safe when you use it in the intended forms uh, at the right doses. So, you know, I'm certainly not against its use at all. It's, it actually works pretty good. I certainly take it and you know, treating people with COVID for it. And the many stories I get on the next day, I'm better, etc. You know, I've been to the hospital three times. They won't give me anything except a cough mess. And, you know, when we called your office, we used ivermectin, which you prescribed, and the next day we're better. So it's certainly not 100% effective on everybody. I've seen some breakthrough cases that were on preventive ivermectin that still got COVID, but not nearly as many as I've seen breakthrough with the vaccination uh, with this new Delta variant. Um, I think we treated about 25 cases today. I bet half of them uh, had already had the vaccine. So... And the hope is that the vaccine may prevent you from being hospitalized or dying with it. But if you look at the studies out of Israel, um, it doesn't seem to be the case. But, uh, you know, so it's controversial. And, uh, you know, but uh, so I do like ivermectin. I'm going to put this up here from Paul. He asked Zarelto, and I, I guess that's a... Um uh, in a, addition to the, the blood thinner question, the blood thinner. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't see any contraindications to that or Eliquis. I think those are pretty safe drugs. If that's what you're asking, you know, I think it's, if you're on a, you know, I, I don't really, I usually use an aspirin for treatment or prevention, but certainly I have put people on Eliquis or Xarelto, uh, when they got COVID and, you know, I was worried about their, like their D dimer went up. I certainly, uh, would, uh, use a more potent blood thinner in that case. Um, I have done it. Uh, even Lovenox shots, I've used that before as well. So try to keep people out of the hospital that, uh, you know, are throwing these micro emboli. So, um, all right, we're not going to answer too many ivermectin questions, but real quickly, I just, you know, for the people who are on uh, ivermectin for prevention, what's the, uh, how long, uh, you suggesting people stay on that or, or off? Um, I would stay on until this thing dies down, you know, a little bit. Um, 
again, we're not using huge doses of it or anything. Um, it's safe, but I'm certainly going to continue it until uh, this thing dies down. All right. And just a reminder for every, everybody here who's watching, we're, we do a, a live Q&A show every single Tuesday. Uh, we're at 7. A lot of the times this week we, we had to move it up due to some uh, – due to some prior engagements we got to get into tonight. Um, so we appreciate you guys hanging out with us an, an hour early uh, tonight. Um, next week we're going to be back at, at 7, I believe, unless we, we tell you otherwise. Uh, the best way to keep up with us is through our Performance Weekly. That w goes out every single Tuesday as well. Uh, if you guys are not receiving that uh, and want to, uh, email me, ben at performancemedicine.net, and just put on their email list, and I'll get you on there uh, probably tonight or tomorrow. Um, that basically has a summary of everything that we're putting out uh, for that week. So uh, uh, this week we had a, a great article on, on NAC, which is a part of our Stay Healthy Protocol series. Um, speaking of the Stay Healthy Protocol, if you guys have any uh, topics that you want Dr. Rogers to cover in regards to staying healthy, uh, put it in the comments. I'll, I'll be sure to comb through those, and uh, we'll try to um, get to those. I think we know what's going out next week, do we not? Should we let him in on that? Um, I don't know. I'm, for, I'm thinking about talking about DHEA, yep. which is an over-the-counter hormone supplement. We'll probably talk about DHEA a little bit. Nice. If you guys have uh, DHE, uh, DHEA questions, uh, you can also put those in the comments or shoot me an email. We'll make sure that gets uh, answered. Um, okay, let's see. we got a few more questions uh, here. Um, I like a type 1 diabetic question. Can type 1 diabetics use the insulin-resistant medication to lose weight? I'm assuming that's um, an Ozempic or uh, Wegovy. Um, yeah, probably talking about Ozempic. Wegovy is the same thing, but... Um, certainly my daughter, who's a type one, has been on Ozempic uh, uh, with her uh, insulin, of course. Um, she's really had to lower and, and can lower her insulin dose. Um, as you know, if you're a type one, insulin makes you hungry. and tendency to gain weight, even a type one. But uh, it's, it's kind of off-label. Even a lot of the endocrinologists are using both of them together. So it is possible. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's done, uh, for sure, um, out there. So I would say, yes, you have to be really careful. Of course, if you're a type one, you know how tenuous that is. You have to be careful about everything you do, but, uh, um, I will tell you, my daughter does it and, um, she's, she's maintained her lean weight and has cut down on her dose of insulin. Nice. So, but it's definitely off label. Um, Bianca asked, um, any of those have COVID before? I'm assuming she's talking about the, uh, the patients you saw today. Um, any of them? I did see one patient that had COVID, uh, last November and, uh, has it again, um, a breakthrough COVID case. They got it twice. That's kind of rare. And usually it's not as bad as, as the first time. Um, I've certainly seen a lot more breakthrough with the vaccine than I've seen with people that actually had COVID. Um, and sometimes when you dig into it, they really weren't tested, you know, to, to have a positive test of COVID. But um, this one I talked to today said they got tested both times. And again, the tests sometimes aren't as accurate as you'd like them to be. But uh, it can happen, but it's, it's kind of rare. 
Um, let's, uh, I, th I think this is just interesting. Again, we don't want to talk too much ab about ivermectin, uh, but in real quick, what's, what's happening? Um, the way you're seeing it with ivermectin and COVID? How exactly? Oh, um, really what ivermectin does is, you know, it's just, it, it kills a virus and it's, it's almost like an ionophore, meaning that it's almost like quercetin. Maybe that's why you shouldn't take them together, but it allows the zinc to get down into the cell to kill the virus is the way I understand it. Um, but, uh, you know, it definitely has some uh, antiviral, even though it's an anti-parasite drug. We're not using it for that, for parasites. Um, but I think that's how it works. It's on, on a four. Um, Shelly, check out the, uh, we did a video on quercetin that goes into more detail what he's talking about in regards to when something is almost like a deliverer of the, uh, of the nutrient to the cell. Um, so quercetin, the, the video we did on that, uh, it's one of our most popular videos, does a great job of explaining that. Would you agree with that, Doc? Yeah, quercetin. I think she's talking about uh, ivermectin, but uh, they work kind of similarly. But in terms so. of like just understanding like how they're working, quercetin's working yeah. similarly to ivermectin? Yeah, yeah. kind of like hydroxychloroquine work too. You know, okay. Still works. Um, if a woman is taking a low-dose birth control, should an aspirin be a regular protocol to prevent clotting, especially during this time of COVID? <laughs> COVID. COVID. Sorry. COVID. Uh, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Certainly, if you're considering to get the vaccine, you should probably take a low-dose aspirin about a week before and a week after you get the vaccine, um, along with some NAC. But, uh, yeah, it's not a bad idea unless you have an ulcer or something. Uh, I think it's probably a good idea. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you for that, man. That's a great question. Um, okay. Let's go. Oh, uh, our friends over at Jones Chiropractic. How's everybody doing over there? Uh, great to see you. Thank you all for, for hanging out with us. Um, if my antibodies came back at a level of 864, is that a mild, moderate, or high level? Do I need to still be taking ivermectin? That's a good level. You know, I've seen higher. I've seen that one person up to 3,000. But generally, 864 is just a great level. Um, I mean, you know, you don't need ivermectin as much as somebody who hasn't had COVID, that's for sure. Um, it's still, I mean, you may want to, to drop off of it. Or if you're paranoid, you may want to take one a week just to kind of add an added protection. Because like I say, I have seen a couple that, uh, that broke through with previous COVID, but you probably don't need to to be honest with you. All right. Great. Thank, thank you. Great. That's a great question. A Congratulations. People, yeah. A lot of people are thinking that. Um, okay. Let's go to, to Remy here. Uh, she asked, how much of vitamin D3 and C should I take daily during the surge? I'm currently taking 10,000 of D3 and 2,000 of C and any other vitamins good during this time? That's a great question. Yeah, I would definitely take 10,000. That's what I'm doing. And take D with K. Um, and, but I bump your C up a little bit, uh, maybe 2000 twice a day, always separate the dose of C, um, and any other vitamins. Yeah. I mean, quercetin, uh, NAC, um, maybe a baby aspirin, Pepsid, Zyrtec. I mean, if you want to cover all the bases, it's not going to hurt you to do it, do any of this stuff. Um, 
and go outside, get some sun, walk around, get your sleep. Um, but I'm trying to think, of course, zinc. Uh, you should be taking zinc. Um, uh, I, th I think that's that's it. Uh, the other thing, other thing you've preached quite a bit is just checking those D levels. Um, sometimes, you know, people um, they uh, what's the word I'm using? They absorb uh, D at different at different yeah. uh, rates. It's good to check your levels for sure. Um, okay, great question. Thank great you for question. that, Remy. Uh, Mark asks on YouTube. Thank you for this on on YouTube, Mark. Uh, does Mucinex products or do Mucinex products offer any benefits in treating mild COVID-19? Yeah. Yeah. I like Mucinex. It kind of thins your secretions and, um, it's an expector and it makes you clear out those secretions a lot easier. So, and there might be some other beneficial effects to Mucinex. You know, it's interesting when I talk about NAC, uh, NAC, um, actually acts kind of like mucinex it thins secretions it's a mucolytic so NAC is certainly a great great addition it has so many beneficial effects for your immune system it's an antioxidant um, it's an expectorant um, we use it um, as, a, as a medicine it actually is a uh, a medicine it's a prescription medicine you can get it over the counter now you <laughs> It's funny because that's another another thing that the FDA is stepping in and saying, well, let's pull all the NAC off the shelves. You know, let's let's tell Amazon that they can't prescribe, you know, they can't distribute, even though they've been doing it for five decades, ever, you know, ever since 1963 when it was approved as medicine. But it's been used in supplement form for five decades, um, you know, and now all of a sudden in May, the FDA comes out and says, well, we maybe we don't want all these people are using this for COVID. This is not an approved medicine for COVID. So we better, you know, start talking bad about it and try to pull it from the shelves. That's why you're having a hard time getting it right now is because the FDA doesn't like you using anything that may work for, um, for COVID. It's strange. It's kind of like ivermectin, but now they're trying to down play knack it's just the craziest thing you've ever heard about i don't know what the agenda is there but it seems like you know if, if they're trying to pull it, it's because it maybe works you know um i don't know um, i'm just going to put this up real quick because uh, i'm assuming it's a follow-up to mark's question uh how about rhinocort spray and budesonide um does that go along with the mucinet question uh, am i off uh, rhinocort sprays it just a nasal steroid yeah that you know, I, I like the X-Clear and I like uh, colloidal silver sprays for the throat and the nose. Um, and then one of the things I use for, um, you know, I, for COVID long hauler, long COVID is the nasal steroids, especially if you lost your sense of taste or smell. Uh, budesonide, of course, yeah. I mean, people have, you know, usually you think of that as an inhaler, nebulized budesonide. It's pulmacort. It's an inhaled steroid. But yeah, I mean, that's why asthmatics that are on this don't get COVID as bad as people that are not on it. So you say, why are asthmatics not, they're not getting as sick as, as people that are, don't have asthma? It's because they're already on a, an inhaled steroid. So, um, and some people, I don't know how you get it in, in a nasal spray, but it would have the same purpose, I assume, as you know, uh, like a Flonase or Rhinocort. Uh, 
in that brand of medicine. So I'm all for it. Um, I'm going to put this up here because this is a great point Bianca made. Um, uh, melatonin uh, for as a part of your regimen for for COVID. Melatonin is definitely yeah, on there. Yeah, I'm glad Bianca said that because it's definitely melatonin has so many. If you listen to my podcast from last week, it has so many uses. Um, and I was actually I was reading an article today about melatonin how some people use huge doses of it. Dr. Schellenberger, who puts out a good newsletter, he's a medical doctor that's into integrated medicine. I mean, of course, he uses it for uh, cancer treatments. And, and he made a good point where you can use, he uses 60 milligrams four times a day of melatonin and people don't get drowsy on it. Really, melatonin, it, it really, it doesn't exactly put you asleep what puts you asleep is the darkness, you know, but melatonin has so many good properties, even in higher doses, you know, for other properties, you can't go around claiming it cures this or prevents this, but certainly there's a lot of evidence that it helps a lot of conditions like cancer and uh, dementia, maybe autism, um, because it has a lot of other great properties and you make less and less of it as you get older. Um, but if you notice it, when you take melatonin in a high dose during the day, it doesn't make you drowsy. It only makes you drowsy when it's completely dark. What, so, but I'm assuming you're not, you're not saying go ahead and try, you know, 10 milligrams because you've always said kind of start low and then kind of work your way yeah, up. See your tolerance to it because um, some people get drowsy the next morning, but you know, work your way up. But I mean, it's amazing what kind of doses some people take of this. Yeah. Um, it's just phenomenal. But, uh, Definitely. That was a really, really good common sense MD episode. So make sure you guys check that out on melatonin. Uh, it does kind of seem like a, like a, a supplement that helps with a lot of different things. Um, yeah, great okay. question. let's get to a, a few more guys and then we're going to, we're going to sign off. Um, I'm a platelet clumper and I have Raynaud's and Crest. Should I take aspirin? Um, I probably would. You know, yeah. I mean, see if it has any, keep an eye on your platelets, you know, maybe check it a month after you start an 81 milligram aspirin, but uh, it definitely should help your circulation. And here's another interesting medicine I use for women that have Raynaud's and that's uh, Cialis, hmm. which is a medicine you think just, it's just for erectile dysfunction, but it also helps reduce uh, NO2 and um, I use it a lot in Raynaud's and women, and it really helps them a lot better than the calcium channel blockers. So you may want to get yourself some Cialis, some mm -hmm. daily Cialis for your Raynaud's. But, uh, That's interesting. Yeah. I, I haven't heard you heard you say that before. Yeah. Um, thank you for that for that uh, question, Sharon. Um, okay, this is a great one. Uh, real quick. Um, Ivermectin as a preventative, should you not take quercetin? Also, um, you're just saying separate them? Yeah, I, I certainly take both of them. I just separate the doses. Okay. You know, take take your Ivermectin. When you take your Ivermectin, take it in the morning uh, or at lunch and then take your uh, quercetin at night, you know. All right. Amanda asks, what do you think about 35% food grade hydrogen peroxide in a nebulizer? with saline for COVID and other viruses? You know, I know Dr. Mercola uses a lot of it. He's a big believer in it. And 
Um, there's Dr. Brownstein loves it. And um, so, you know, I haven't tried it yet. I've talked to some of the pharmacists about, you know, making some up. But, you know, I think there's a few, if you dig into the research, there's a few cases that if you use it for prolonged periods of time, you may get a little fibrosis, pulmonary fibrosis out of it. But, I mean, they swear by it and um, certainly not against it at all, especially, you know, when if you get, COVID, using it for a few days, it seems to work really good. I mean, that's kind of how IV vitamin C works is it kind of turns into hydrogen peroxide, which is great uh, for a lot of things, including antiviral. Great question. Thank you for that, Amanda. Uh, Mark asks, COVID-19 uh, mutant variant has demonstrated mutations that, or MU variant has demonstrated mutations that it might evade the protection of certain antibodies. What treatment measures are available to cope with a virus that evades antibodies? Yeah, that's one that you hear that may be a worse variant. I don't know yet. I mean, I would do the same things we're doing right now. Um, hopefully, ivermectin and keeping your own innate immune system intact. Uh, but, um, you know, yeah, I, I don't know yet. We'll have to see. Keep your own immune system healthy is the bottom line take all the stuff we're we're tell, telling you to take now um, but uh it may be worse than delta all right remy has another question here you had mentioned prozac could be a possible treatment for covid has there been any studies on the other ssri i'm currently taking zoloft for depression slash anxiety yeah i mean of course there's not going to be no double blind studies of this because you know it costs too much and drug companies aren't, you know, they're not, they're not going to do this, but uh, off label treatment, but certainly the SSRIs, especially uh, Luvox, um, which is a medicine we use an SSRI for, um, for OCD patients. Certainly that, that's one of our frontline drugs that we do use on people to get COVID. It seems to work very well. So you may have some protection. I mean, I've, Prozac's probably the second one most commonly used for COVID. Um, but, you know, because COVID kind of, it overstimulates your sympathetic nervous system and you don't do as well when that's overstimulated. You want your parasympathetic, that um, calming thing to kick in so you don't uh, over inflame and overreact. You're already in this kind of hyperimmune cytokine storm. You want to calm that down and I, think that's how they work but uh, for some reason Luvox the number one choice so. um, thank you for that Remy um, Tina asked what about hydrogen peroxide IV therapy for COVID um, but, you know you're kind of if you use that IV you're really gonna you know uh, hit, hit some state boards <laughs> they're gonna come after you so that's one thing that you want to uh, at least from a doctor's aspect, you, you don't want to give that IV because the state board will come after you. So I would use vitamin C. You know, certainly that's a good treatment uh, for COVID. If you can get it when you have COVID, I hope some of the hospitals are using this uh, for treatment for COVID. Um, All right. Works great for sepsis too. So. All right. Last question here. Uh, other than obvious reasons for using mouthwash, how does it help prevent slash decrease COVID? Can you use any type of mouthwash? 
Uh, yeah, it just kills germs, you know. Um, um, they say the best one is yellow Listerine for some reason. Uh, so look up yellow Listerine, not the green stuff, but the yellow. But any of them, I think, are helpful. You know, kind of using that along with some colloidal silver sprays and maybe some X-Clear, uh, you know, to kind of get that virus uh, killed before it gets to to abundant in your nose. You have, to, you have to squirt pretty pretty often. So, thank you, guys. Thank you for that question. That's a we had some amazing questions tonight. Uh, that's gonna uh, do it for tonight, guys. But we will be back. We'll be back next week at seven o'clock for this same live Q and A show with Dr. Rogers. We do this every single Tuesday. Um, for the people with us, if you do want to be on our email list, uh, just email me. I'll look at that tonight. Uh, ben at performancemedicine.net. Put in the subject line email list. I'll make sure you get on that. Uh, this week was NAC, so check out that video. Or if you're a reader, go to performancemedicine.net and uh, check out the article on it. Uh, man, we really appreciate you guys. And I appreciate you, Dr. Rogers. Thank you for the time today, man. Thanks, Ben. Have a good night, and we'll see you next week, okay? We'll see you guys next week. We love you. Uh, we appreciate y'all giving us this time and letting us hang out with you for uh, this hour here, this 45 minutes. Uh, means a whole lot to us. Um, and one quick ask, if you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, uh, it makes my mother happy, which makes me happy. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, guys, if you haven't. We really do appreciate it. Happy. <laughs> um, but we're going to see you guys next week. We're signing off. Dr. Rogers, I will see you later. I'm going to be up in the Tri-Cities later on this week, so I'll see you then, okay? Okay. See you guys. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.